0: Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. On today, we have two guests. And I will say that it's a very unique situation that really needs to be heard and spoken about. And it's the perfect opportunity because it is June and it is the Scoliosis Awareness Month. Today on the episode, we have Jan and Sarah, and they are founders. They are co-founders, they are co-founders of the World Spine Outreach Group. And they are here to tell us about their story, about the story of the World's Find Outreach Group, how it started, how it has since evolved, and what's going on now. So I would like to welcome you both to the show.
1: Thank Thank you you. so much for having us. Absolutely. So
0: can you share with us how this, we talked a little bit about this before the show, uh, that you've been doing this as a labor of love for 13 years. Can you tell us
1: how that started at that time? Sure. Um, so I am a physician assistant and I was in orthopedic spine surgery. And Jan is a nurse and she was head of uh, the, her in neurosurgery in the OR. Um, and that's where we met. And that was, oh gosh, 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 plus years ago. Okay. Um, and she was doing a lot of volunteer work at the time um, and traveling with the hospitals group. So she had asked me, because I was really interested in it, even though my kids were small, um, in in joining them. So we went on a trip doing plastics, puff pellet, things like that, to Peru and the Galapagos oh. Islands. And okay. it was just wonderful. I, it was such an experience. I mean, for people who have never done something like this, mm-hmm. you either love it or you hate it. It comes into your heart and stays there, or you're like, I just... I don't know if I can handle this kind of thing, but you know, everybody's different. Everybody's different on what they give back and how they give back. Yeah. So while we were doing this, we realized, I mean, it was nice because we did a lot of extra things with the group. You know, we met with dignitaries and we went on excursion trips and things like that. Okay. It was almost 14 days long. um, And we only operated for, seven? Yeah,
2: half of the time we operate.
1: So, okay. well, gosh, this seems a little bit wasteful, you know, Mm -hmm. could probably streamline this and do something like this ourselves. And we're both in spine and both love spine. Mm -hmm. So let's do that. So in 2008, we tried to, we applied for our um, 501c3 and it was a miracle. We had it within six weeks. Yep. And then can we got, became, became incorporated. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I was just going to ask, can you share what
0: the 501c3 is?
1: Sure. To um accept any donations. So at the time we had a surgeon that was working with us because we really needed to have a doctor um, and circumstances came up and he was unable to be part of our group. So Jan started looking for another group that we could partner with. Mm-hmm. She found a group called the Butterfly Foundation, and they had started this um, mission in um, this uh, Santa Domingo, Dominican Republic. Okay. Okay. And there was a hospital there and a doctor there that um, they were working. with. They were a very small group, um, probably eight people. And they, yeah, and they primarily went there to do surgeries okay now when jan and i went we brought 400 pounds of medical supplies and we brought things to their ors that they didn't have Mm -hmm. and butterfly foundation was (laughs) pleasantly surprised at how much smoother it it worked when they had more supplies because they're it's wonderful to do the surgeries on these children, mm-hmm. but you also want to deplete the hospital of yeah. their supplies, um, which is what we were thinking. And it's over tough, the next couple of years, it is mm-hmm. right. So Jan and I focus heavily on teaching. Okay. So we were teaching them about sterile technique and we are teaching the residents how to sew and you know, they were walking down the halls with thing, you know, things that weren't sterile anymore. So it was very important to us to do that. And then the surgeons were teaching the residents as well. Okay. So, you know, we're very proud of all the surgeries that we've done, but how many, how many has it been? Well, just in Dominican Republic alone,
2: we've probably done 650 to 700, but wow. we- t- That first year, we met with Butterfly Foundation and Dominican Republic. We just showed up. They had no idea who we were or what we could bring to the table. Okay. And so we were not, you know, it was then they loved us and what we had to offer. And they asked us to go to Vietnam. So we went to Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. We traveled there for about five years. We would do Dominican Republic and go to Vietnam. And so it was, uh, then we did, th- they have the same issues. They didn't, it was a teaching situation. They had the same things there. They didn't have the surgeons and the te- the knowledge to do these complex surg- uh, spine corrections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we had also uh, one of the surgeons that uh, we were was with the group, he wanted to go to China because China had, they had heard about all of us and wanted us to come and teach them. So we took one trip to China. We went to Guangzhou, China.
0: So it just keeps, it keeps spiraling and rolling and just moving and like it's exploding
2: almost in a way. And Sarah had gone to Poland one year.
1: Yeah. We had another nonprofit that approached us because they didn't have their 501c3 yet. Okay. We sponsored them. So that's another thing we like to do is help other 501c3 organizations, Mm -hmm. you know, get up and running. And that, that was a fabulous trip as well. In fact, I I was very honored and I know Jan had already met him, but. There's a very important person in spine surgery named Larry Lenke. Okay. (laughs) There's instruments named after him and he was on our trip and I was like such a. That's cool. It was, it was very cool. It's like one of those star moments where you're like. (laughs) It's probably how we'll feel when we meet Tina.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You haven't met her?
1: No. No. Just by Zoom. She's awesome.
0: So, so it's, so it's evolving. It's going to Poland. It's going to China and, and. And this is all through just kind of word of mouth with different organizations? Yeah,
1: we're actually very blessed because our volunteers are wonderful. So okay. we, up until this past year, have gotten very little funding. Like we work on a very tight budget. Okay. But we've had the instrumentation companies mm-hmm. will donate the instrumentation. And we're talking like each company donates anywhere from you know a half to two million dollars worth of hardware yes. yeah okay so with all this with this major reconstructive surgeries you use a lot of screws and rods and things like that which is yeah. very very expensive yeah so but all of our volunteers they volunteer their time they pay their own expenses okay um and they have I don't know if we could say that we've ever had anyone who's had a really terrible experience okay most of our volunteers loved it so much they bring someone next time yeah I was wow. gonna say
2: 50% of our volunteers come back to so some it's like some of them are young and then they get married now they're having children well they can't make it now but they've mm-hmm. heard other people it's like that's how it's all word of mouth how I okay. hear about and what we've done
0: do you do you meet the patients before and after? So you see the differences in what was and what is now and how, they, how they've how they adjusted and
2: accommodated to it? The hospital screens all the patients' previous okay. arrival because we start setting this up in September. Okay. So the hospital, I don't know how they do it, whether they advertise or how they get it out to the public there. Mm-hmm. The patients there come from very long distances. Okay. And so they have already pre-screened the patients before we get there. And so we on the Sunday before our operating week, uh, our surgeons in anesthesia, everybody is, all the patients are screened because sometimes there's 75 patients and we can only do basically 25 to maybe 30 patients in that week. That was going to be my next question. Okay. Yeah. And and that one week is five days and they usually give us five operating rooms and the surgery six to eight hours. So you can physically only do one surgery in each room a day. So it's like 25. Yeah. Wow. So in some patients we had, it was a few years ago, it was a young boy, he had a heart condition and we couldn't operate on him, but we had arranged for him to go to another hospital there in Santo Domingo and have his heart hit a hole in his heart and had it repaired. He came back that next year and we could operate on him.
1: Well, and he was a very interesting patient as well because his scoliosis, and this is probably something really important that we mentioned here. So, you know, being in spine, and Jan will tell you the same thing. You, you do see patients with scoliosis, but the scoliosis that we see over there, these children are never screened. They have no medical care. They are actually just considered to be outcasts and their family kind of puts them to the side in some situations. These young girls, yeah, they never get married. They're considered to be, you know, the difference you, between the, here and there. Right, is- right. So the so for example this young boy and you see a lot of boys which in the United States you don't see as many
0: that's interesting
1: yeah um but this young boy his curvature was so bad mm-hmm. it had actually compressed his heart to the point where his ejection fraction which is the the pressure that your heart pumps at was half of normal so wow. he would actually die from scoliosis which is something you would never see in the United States. Right. Wow, we see their hearts compressed, their lungs compressed, and I, so these corrective surgeries are not just cosmetic mm-hmm. um, because the majority of our patients don't have a lot of pain. No, before the surgery, and really, actually, life saving.
2: The children, then they're most of them they're. Um, Part of our protocol is that the, their adolescents, the girls who've had to have had their first periods okay. and boys who've had to go through puberty Okay, do many adults because a lot of, as they get older, a lot of their curves become fixed. Mm-hmm. They're not as flexible. The young, younger ones are, they're done growing and their curves are flexible so that you can straighten them back. Right. Right. So it's like Tina, she said that she, what was she got four inches taller? Yeah. So said everything
0: and, is at a different perspective now.
2: Right. And uh so she, you know, that's that these kids and I don't remember I read what her curves were, but some of these kids have curves that are like 110 100. degrees. It is literally looks like a big S in their spine.
1: We, we had a even survived. that. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're literally their shoulders on some of these kids are sitting on their pelvis.
1: hmm
2: And yeah. uh they're so cute and it's not a year, you know, it no doesn't matter how long that Sarah and I've been going. We cry at least once. <laughs> a year because these kids, when you take them into the operating room, they are smiling. They won the lottery. They are so excited and so happy.
1: The very first year we went, we didn't bring any medication. I mean, even like Tylenol. And we realized that these kids were going home with nothing and they would lay there in recovery and cry and just say thank you thank you And we're like oh my god you must be in so much pain so ever since then we bring like Tyler <laughs> well. <laughs> <with them. laughs> yeah. so, well, can you imagine that I, I can't I can't because I remember my surgery no narcotics at all the yeah
2: they're safe for the cancer patients and because it's such a poor uh the families are so poor mm-hmm. they're afraid that they will sell them for monies to live So that's why they don't, you know, and they're not the narcotics are not in abundance there like they are here. Yeah. So So, how do so how do
0: how do these kids get on the list to have? What's the screening process
1: for them for the families? Well, we don't know the initial screening process. Okay. How they find them? See, this is a public hospital. Uh, I think, and neither of us speak Spanish, but I I think over the years we have kind of gleaned that they have some connection to somebody in the hospital yeah okay. that's how whether it's you know a family member or a friend or a friend of a family you know well we just found out this year our we have a driver there that does all of our transportation to
2: and from the hospital and picks up our He called us up the one day he, and he goes you guys you're your stars you're in the newspaper so they had written an article about us uh-huh. he sent it to us but it was in spanish so it kind of was like so anyways, the hotel had it translated to English for us. Okay. And it said that we had been on the news before we arrived. So that's how they know about us. And we had, it was a couple of years ago, there was a girl, she was 12 and she showed up for screening. She had a diaper on and they wanted to know why does she have a diaper on? They didn't know if it was because of her foliosis. And the mom said that, no, the bus ride was five hours. And they do not stop, and she was afraid that she was going to have to, to go to the bathroom, and so she says, "I put a diaper on her." So that makes it the sad. They took some bus ride from who knows where yeah. for five hours. Out yeah,
0: of just to, it's it's so heartbreaking because, you know, here in this country, we some not everybody, but many people when they are diagnosed with scoliosis, the the emotional turmoil as well as the physical is really hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but then you look at some of our stories and to not take away from them but when you hear these stories of these children whose bodies are just contorted almost through their spines where as you said before their shoulders pretty much at their pelvis and they're they're still happy and they're not in pain you just kind of go it's unfathomable
2: yep it's, it is really it's uh really amazing and there's that like here where When you're discharged from the hospital, you're put in a wheelchair and rolled out to the front door for the car.
0: Yeah. No, they
2: just say
1: we see him walking across the parking lot with their parents or their mother. Well, there's and there's no nursing care in the rooms. The families care for them. There's only one nurse in ICU, which is too bad. Yeah. And even
2: on where they put them out in the regular part of the hospital, there's no nurses that come and take when the family has to bring food and there's no care for these
0: and how long are these patients generally in the
1: hospital for? Two days, maybe three. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's so There's different.
2: Money that we've wanted to raise more money that we've been trying to, since we had a little bit more this year, but as to be able to give some money to the families so that mm-hmm. they can offset that they're there and they have to do food. Everything that we do, the surgery and all of that, is of no charge to them. But while they're staying there, they have to have food, and they both have to eat, and and so we would like to, you know, we're trying to maybe raise money to help the, some of the families there that, while they're, you know, even to give them fifty dollars a family or a hundred dollars, yeah. help offset their to help them out.
1: Yeah,
2: also, fifty dollars, very the, the taxing difference. for them. Right. Yeah.
1: Although we, a few years ago, they actually brought back as many patients as they could find mm-hmm. and had a reception for us and. There were probably thirty-five or forty kids there they could find, and gonna, yeah. it was so emotional wonderful yeah. <laughs> because once they leave, we rarely see them again. You know, some we've had a few come back, and but it was really it was nice. They'll show us their scar. They'll come in in these little half shirts.
0: And They're walking <laughs> tall and proud.
1: <laughs> yeah, showing off their scar
0: in the back. I was going to ask, do do they all come together at some point to kind of reunite i mean cuz they don't see each other when they're going
1: into the hospital do they um no they will the people on the same day will okay right? and then they and then it's screening. the very first day on sunday um for the screening they'll all be together okay but as far as you know how much they interact i'm really not sure i think they come from so far
2: away some of them that it's very difficult for them to keep in contact
0: and and with you guys traveling, are you able to, I mean, I know, I'm sure internet and Wi-Fi, there's very different than it is here, but are you able to correspond with those patients at all or the teams of that hospital?
1: On a we do with the place? teams of the hospital okay. to, you know, we try and get some follow-up um, with them. We do, every year we'll track the patients that we do. We do pictures okay. of their Spies, pictures of their surgery, all the details of their surgery mm-hmm. um, like we do in the United States and then as much follow-up as we can get Okay, afterwards. Uh, it's pretty limited. I, I think if I actually spoke the language it would be easier because then you can become friends. Like they know us when we come. Mm-hmm. They know who we are. We know mm-hmm. them. We hug. We say hola and we try the best we can to communicate, yeah, but in terms of getting a real lot of information and getting close to them, it's difficult. It's, it's limited, it's limited.
0: And, and share with us again, you guys, you ladies have been doing this since 2008.
1: Our first trip was 2009.: Yes, and
0: right, we started yeah. 2008,
1: 2009: It was like trip. October of 2008.
0: And how many patients have you transformed? or help to transform, do
2: you know? close to 600? Yeah, it's gotta be about 600. When we first started, we only had one operating room and we would work like a 16 hour day and do two surgeries. We have one or two operating room, and we do two surgeries in each room. And it was like, so you wouldn't get done till 11, 12 o'clock. And then you'd get back up at five o'clock in the morning. And so and as oh we were volunteers, it was like, we gotta change this because it was just like, we're, we're, we were, by Wednesday, you were completely exhausted. Okay. So that's by increasing our staff, we could do more kids because we weren't doing that many.
1: Right. When we started, the original group was probably, as we said, Butterfly was eight and then Jan and right. myself. Okay. And, and this year was our largest and we had 44 volunteers. We had surgeons come from all over the world. We have a group of surgeons from Korea who fly there every year, it's 30 hours. for So there. And they've been coming for the last six years. They just love it so much. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's wonderful. We've had people from Panama. And yeah. we have some people that come from
2: Colorado. The whole country, yeah. They're from New York. We have people from, you know, Yale, Montefiore. Um, they come from, we have them from Florida, Atlanta, and Allentown, Pennsylvania this year. So we have people and nurses. I mean, it's a complete staff. We don't take, have people that come just because they just want to experience it. You have to be able to have some kind of a purpose or reason, something. Which we makes don't, sense. Right. We don't have, if you don't have any medical experience, then you go into an operating room and you're seeing blood. We don't have the staffer that, you know, now you're passing out. Yeah. You, get, you know, something's going to happen to you. We don't, don't really have that capacity. Okay. If you want to come, it's like, you have to be able to, um, to serve To do right to help. Even if just an interpreter and you speak Spanish that you can help with the kids. Yeah. Or you know, help with the paperwork or just, you know, we we had a couple of people this year because we do need interpreters. Okay. They speak, you know, fluent Spanish and they're they're running all over the place to help us get what we
1: need. Well, and they're probably the ones who get closer to the children because we bring of course, you know, teddy bears and I mean we bring you know, suitcases okay. full of gifts for them, mm-hmm. which love, right? Um, so the interpreters probably actually get closer right. to the kids than we do. Because okay. they-
0: and, and, and your organization is specifically based in Buffalo, which means everything and nothing. Correct. Like you guys are based. in. Oh,
1: that I, Yeah. I mean, we don't have an office. Okay. Okay. We are sitting in the World Science <laughs> Outreach Office, which is my office. <laughs> um, we do not have a, you know, a brick and. You board. don't have a okay. And the reason being, though, is that it's not cost effective, and the majority, you know, our so our medical director is from Yale. Oh. Um, our other board members are from Colorado, and I mean, so we're all, all right, over. you're just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. we don't have any paid staff we don't get paid we're completely volunteer we don't get anything out of it and ne- ne- neither of our medical director or everything nobody makes we basically work on a really a shoestring budget that okay pays for once every all the volunteers pay for the flights in their hotel we stay at a beautiful resort so it's safe it's clean people don't have to be worried there and we travel to the inner city this year because we had so many people, we had to take basically a city bus. And um, but we provide all the meals and transportation. You just need to get there and stay. Okay. And if people want to share a room, we can, you know, try to hook you up with another person. A lot of people come with we you have two nurses that come, they'll share a room together or two people. Mm-hmm. And but uh we really work on a shoestring budget to stretch it as far as we possibly can.
0: So if so I'm gonna uh jump on that a little bit, but I also want to jump on the fact that if somebody wants to volunteer their time, is there somewhere that they can go to fill out a form?
1: If How does that work? No, we don't have anything that formal. Okay. Um, and we don't, well, we don't really need anything down, that yeah. formal. Okay. Um, usually people just email us. Yeah. Okay. Our personal email. Well, we do we, do we, a we do right. have a world we do have a Outreach at gmail dot com. Okay, that, that people do email us through as well, um, and a website. So, and and that's
0: that's the the funnel that they would use to email you and to donate as well. Correct. That's correct. And um, I know that we have the three of us have connected through Tina, whose song that is coming out. I believe tomorrow, June third is also going to be linking to fund help with the world's fine outreach, yes. if I'm correct. Um yes, so that's
1: very
2: graciously offered. Her song is amazing because yeah. um uh, just a little snippet she has on Instagram because I says it reaches so many people with everything that's going on right now, whether you're fighting just to get through today or you're fighting scoliosis or yeah. anything. It's really I can't wait to hear the whole song.
0: Me too, me too. I've gotten little tastes and it's yeah. uh she has a beautiful voice and the fact that she was able to regain strength in her lung capacity. Because as you talked about these kids over there, you know, they the lung but, capacity. Yeah, access, full of us. it's um it's really it's exciting. It's exciting and it's exciting that you guys are have created this foundation. And hopefully this will give it more recognition to get more help, not just financial, but people who want to volunteer and give their time as long as they meet the criteria of having some, a purpose to serve with going over wherever it is. Right. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say that we haven't hit on for the show
2: that people should know about? Um I guess you look at each other. I do I have one thing that I was going to is that it's it, I always find it interesting when we get new people or even some of the people that have been there before is to when they get out of your element here people take a lot of things for granted what how things go in the medical field or just here in life and then yeah. when you go there and just have these new people to see them see how other hospitals and how it works in a
1: third world country and how other people live and, and what, how, right. what they live on.
2: And yeah. then they come home, and it's like my life is going to be is changed. Just being the going and seeing it, it's like I will not take that for granted anymore. Yes, yeah, they they, it's, and it's, it's eye opening. Yes, it's um, it you could go to Dominican Republic on a vacation, you will never see the things that we see, and the people, and see how it really, it is, and it's 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 crazy, and we love changing those the volunteers' lives not just the kids that we operate on, but the people that go with us, how it
1: changed their lives.
0: It sounds like it's just a gift for everybody all around for what everybody experiences, the joy of these children who are having these massive reconstructive surgeries and the people who are volunteering their time and living on something that can be so little, but so fulfilling. And that's, that's because of
1: you guys. I I feel really blessed for a lot of reasons. And this foundation is, like I said, a labor of love. Now that we've talked about it more, you can see Um, it has changed us. It has changed our families and we completely we're so, we're so blessed that, that we met Tina and we met you because this will help us help people with scoliosis and that's that's all we've tried to do yeah
0: it's um when you do something you love
2: you just keep doing it so it is a labor of love
0: if anybody would like to contribute or having a purpose and volunteering with sarah and jan with the world spine outreach please feel free to message them you can find them on instagram under world spine outreach and they also have a website is that correct world that's correct and an email also World's outreach at gmail
1: mm-hmm. okay. and that's on our website as well okay so, so is our phone numbers they anyone please feel free okay
0: thank you thank you for sharing this and i
1: hope that i just hope that people realize the simplicity of life and the simplicity
0: of joy that you have brought to these
1: children so thank you for being a guest on the show thank you so much for thank having you us. very much
0: if you like this episode chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too so it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.